0: I mean, I love hunting elk, and I've hunted, I've hunted elk a lot. But turkeys—they're deep into my blood. Hey,
1: everybody! Welcome to the Hoyt Bow Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ferris, with my sidekick Evan Williams today. And today we have Casey Brooks. He is a Hoyt Super Slammer, and I say a Hoyt Super Slammer because not only is he a Super Slammer, but he did it all with a Hoyt bow. Um, And on top of that, he is a giant killer. I mean, a giant killer. We just got on here and um, Casey was telling us a little bit about some of the some of the critters that he's got in his trophy room. And his trophy room is like nothing you've ever seen. It's like a wildlife museum. It's something else. Um, But you were just saying you had seven bulls in there that averaged average score was like four twenty five. Weren't you, Casey?
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, there's there's seven in that pile over there that haven't been mounted yet. That averages 425,
1: and they're free ranging. Oh my! Archery. My goodness gracious, man! I I'm I'm not worthy. I'm just going to shut up and let you
0: talk. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's not true. I'm just a hunter like you and like everybody else. Well, you and I, I think we met a few years
1: ago at Pope and Young um i don't know if you remember that or not but uh um are you going to reno this year no, no no
0: i i typically don't do a whole lot of pope and young stuff i tell people all the time i've got two pope and young animals <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 i've yeah. got i've got two entered in pope and young uh but yeah i guess because the know, rest
2: of them are in a pile waiting to be put on mounts that haven't even scored a no kid
0: yeah a lot a lot of them have been scored, but just not... Well, maybe I'm um, confused. Maybe I, it was
1: know. another show. Sometimes all those shows no. just kind of... why you, They blend. <laughs> it uh, might have been something Twenty,
0: 20 I think uh, 2012, 2013. I don't know. I can't remember what year it was. I went two years in a row because I had two bulls that I had. yeah, And so I might have met you. Yeah. Yet. It's very possible. It, and I get, I get halfway out to the barn, and I forget why I'm even going out there. So if I don't remember forgive me. So, <laughs> one thing that I
1: noticed pulling up your Instagram page and looking down through here, you know, you're known as a mm-hmm. super slammer and a big elk and big sheep killer. Um, but you're a turkey freak. I didn't realize oh, that about. You. Oh, there's so funny. I did not realize yeah. that about you, and it's so funny because there's uh you're a western guy, you're from Washington state, correct? Yeah, I
0: was born in Oregon and I moved north uh, up to Washington when I married my wife and we bought a farm up here. That's what we do up here now in Washington is we farm.
1: Right, right. Well, and it, for whatever reason, a lot of uh, Western guys, especially guys that uh, uh, chase a lot of big game all over the country, all over the continent, really, um, man, turkeys are kind of forsaken by some of those guys, especially the Western guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's hard to find one that really – it really turns into a turkey freak. So what is it about them that you yeah. love so much? Cause obviously man, you're, you're killing a lot of turkeys.
0: To me, they're just like hunting feathered elk. That's eight. Elk. I say that all
1: yeah. the time. And that's the exact Absolutely. terminology that I use for it is like, it's like chasing a little feathered
0: elk. Oh yeah. 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 I, I honestly, I mean, I love hunting elk and I've hunted, I've hunted elk a lot, but, Turkeys, they're deep into my blood. I, My son, I brought him up, at, you know, took him out there when he was probably nine years old and ran him all over the mountain. I remember when he was young, we went 18 miles in two days. And uh, he killed a tom on the last minute we were there. And I, I it reintroduced me to turkey hunting again. It got me fired up about it. And then when I figured out about bow hunting turkeys, then I just I went crazy with things. And, you know, as usual, I was, I was hunting pretty hard this spring. Mm-hmm. And I, ru- I ruined it by going on a brown bear hunt. I was like, on- Can you imagine a guy going on a brown bear hunt and being upset because he's missing turkey? Uh, I see. <laughs> I get that statement, Casey. I totally yep. do. Absolutely. You know, well, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad someone. I'm glad someone does because most people wouldn't wouldn't trade a hundred turkeys for a brown bear. But I, well, even believe. for a black bear,
1: you know what I, I? You yeah. know, there's a lot yeah. of guys that that say, "Why aren't you not hunting black bears or something like that?" Because they don't. They don't let. They don't call to you. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm.
0: That there's yeah. There's I, there's no interaction. Yeah, yeah. I, that's where I'm at. Anything that I can call, I'm into, and that's the way with bow. I'm, I'm a big water fowler. I love to hunt ducks and geese. Um, you know turkeys, elk, deer, moose. You know anything that I can I can call in. I have. I love doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've told a lot of guys that. Um, you know I've I've guided a lot of turkey hunters that. You'll get really seasoned, veteran bow hunters or hunters. Period, and that really—I mean, it, h- half the time, if they're if they're new to turkey hunting, they're not particularly fired up about this hunt. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, we're going to kill one of these birds. I can't tell you how many times I've had a camera on a guy and the guy with a lapel mic on, and as that bird's coming in, especially if you can't see the bird. If he's gobbling and you hear that thing coming closer, closer, and all of a sudden you can feel that gobble, oh, you know, shaking the ground oh, kind of yeah. like an elk does, um, you can sit there and listen to their breath. Just, oh yeah. <laughs> and half the time mm-hmm. afterwards, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that was fun." And I said, "You got you, you got pretty fired up." Oh n- no, no, not me, you know. And you play that thing back, and you realize that man, it had them quaking in their boots. And these are guys that you know have killed brown bears. You know, oh yeah, um, oh yeah. There's there's something about those animals that let you know they're coming before you can see them. That just they're the kings of anticipation.
0: Oh man! And if you get if you get keen on killing birds with a bow, yeah, I think that you're I think you're open for business on anything on the super slam list. You know, if you can if you can get to where you can consistently kill turkeys with a bow. You'll be in pretty good shape, other than the fact that a turkey can't smell. Yeah, that. you know that's the yeah you know,
2: that's the big thing. But they could. You never kill one. Yeah. <laughs> no, you
0: wouldn't. Thank, thank goodness they do have a sense of
1: smell. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I I have a feeling I know the answer to this question, but uh, it's funny. I, I'm just wanting to see if you're kind of in the same vein as I am. But if somebody told you tomorrow, um, man, you could only hunt one species for the rest of your life. Which one's it going to be? Jackalope. Jackalope. Come on now.
0: <laughs> come on. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I mean, elk are a pretty big part of my life. I mean, I've shot a lot of elk and, and I, you know, I, I would like to eventually shoot every, an elk in every state. I told Evan that the other day. I'd like to shoot an elk in every state. Wow. Anywhere that I, anywhere I could shoot them. Yeah. And, and uh, I'd like to do so. That. Probably, so probably elk. elk. Yeah, I think I will probably have to stick with that, just just because it's been, you know, that was the biggest part of my life, learning how to bow hunt. Those things, they taught me a lot of lessons on, you know, on hunting, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, and, and yeah, they, they may not like, you know, they may not be like a big white like tail or big coos deer or big mule deer, you know, mm-hmm. but um, but I enjoy hunting them. I, I love hearing them scream. Oh man,
1: it's there's nothing like mm-hmm. it. There's nothing like it. Well, so. This is where people look at me sideways because I'm the same way. Elk's number one, and it's because of that interaction. Um, Mm -hmm. But after that, it's probably, you know, real close between mule deer and whitetail. um, For me, however, turkeys are right there with them. And if I had to choose between deer and turkeys, I I, I don't know that I could honestly say that I wouldn't choose turkeys. And a lot of people think I'm smoking crack when I say that. You know what I mean, but I—I um, I mean, man, there's there's something about it when the when the turkeys are acting right. It, it's it mm-hmm. is something. It, it's something special.
0: Oh yeah, uh, and you know, big mule deer, Evan. You 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 understand this? Big mule deer actually can be kind of a pain. I mean, I, I've hunted mule deer a lot, yeah. and I've got uh, I've got one buck over two hundred mm-hmm. with a bow. That's my whole life. I was going to Nevada in the old days when you could, you know, see 50 60 bucks a day. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, I've got a bunch of them in the 190s, but I've been humbled a lot on big deer, yeah,
1: yeah, a lot, yeah.
0: So, you know, I love hunting elk, I love hunting big deer of any kind, Mm -hmm. and uh, and turkeys are there too. But you know what, the good news is, is we don't have to make that decision because we can just. Hunt for all of them, so we don't have to. We don't have to decide over the turkey so. <laughs> Well, it's yep. it's a hypothetical.
1: It's a good way to drill down to what somebody really is all about and what they really enjoy the most. You know what I mean? Sure, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I had a feeling that you just the way that you described your turkey hunting love. I, I knew exactly where you're going to go. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. So tell us how you kind of how would you get involved in bow hunting?
0: I grew up in Portland, Oregon. If you can believe it. And I was, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Huh? <laughs> I, 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 it had been a lot cooler story. If I told you, I grew up in Colorado and, you know, was walking around, jumping around in boulders, and, but no, I grew up in the city yeah. and I, uh, I shot a bow every day of my life. If it was sunshine and my neighbors and I would sit in the backyard and we shoot, you know, recurves and along came compounds. I'll never forget the first compound I ever shot. And, uh, I was 15 years old when I went on my first bow hunt and, uh, I, I I was bit by the bug. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I ran a, I ran a pro shop in the eighties, uh, for Wendy Lindy's archery, Chuck Lind, uh, kind of one of my idols. Chuck Lind's one of those people that just helps everybody. And, you know, unbelievable. I think Chuck's about 81 years old now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I just, I've been stuck with archery, you know, in the eighties, that's when I, I started selling Hoyts when I was running that pro shop. Uh-huh. And I would sell Rambos, uh, Pro Hunters, Game Getters. I was selling Spectras. I mean, I was selling all that stuff, you know, back yeah. then. And uh, I was shooting other bows and I put those other bows down one day and I picked up a Hoyt and I shot it. And I go, man, that thing shoots yeah. good. And uh, I stuck with it. And I've since about 1987 on, I haven't ever changed.
1: You no, know, you mentioned that Rambo bow. And a lot of people that l- are listening probably oh. don't even know that Boyd ever had a Rambo, <laughs> and they probably don't know what that movie did. Like, oh. y- y- you know, and yeah. I'm I'm not necessarily old enough. I-, I was, I don't know, twelve years old. What year did Rambo come out? First Blood Part Two, or the- I can't I can't 84. remember. I think it was eighty four. 80, yeah I, I, it seems like I was 12 or 13 years old when it when it came out and I didn't realize the implications of it either but uh my mentor in the archery industry was Bill crinks who was the marketing manager back then at that time and you know he kind of told me <laughs> that when that movie came out and they got that Rambo bow done they sold a ton of them and that That movie was kind of like what The Hunger Games did for youth archery Mm -hmm. recently.
0: Pretty big time, real. Yeah, I'm still I'm I'm still trying to find some of those exploding tips. If you could find them, (laughs) (laughs) you might be good for hogs. You can make some, I'm sure. Yeah, they were Razorback. They were Razorback fives, and then they they put the protective sheath over them for the movie. That's what they. I believe that's what they. Were. Really, I've got some
1: where where yeah. they would. Screw, yeah. he would screw that thing on, and the oh, whole man.
0: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. So cool. Well, that was. It's funny you mentioned that. That was actually the Rambo was my dad's first compound bow. Well, first bow in general. Really?
0: Too. Yeah.
2: Um, and then my brother in college found that when we were cleaning some stuff up. Really? And it still had the braided steel cables with oh, the, yeah. the yoke teardrop. And it was in good shape because he had actually had it taken down and taken the string off of it. So it was just sitting there unstrung. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we, ha- we had that string re- replaced. And the first deer I ever killed with a bow was with, with that the bow. Rambo. Wow. Really? With the Rambo. Really? With the Rambo. Yep. That was my introduction to archery. I think you ought to go in back to it this
1: I think you ought to break the
2: rainbow I know, out. And- <laughs> I know, I know where it's at. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I, going back and watching that movie recently and listening to the sound effects that they would play when he shoots that, when he shoots those, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it, so corny, so corny. But right. it wasn't back then. It was awesome. I remember, you know, going the when we got it on DHS or whatever, trying to slow mo through that guy at the end that he blows up with the exploding tip you know it was just Mm -hmm. man pretty crazy but anyway i got way off track uh that's cool that you were working in a pro shop back when that happened you you have that perspective you know a lot of guys like i said they didn't even realize that there was a rambo bow
0: well you know back then i wasn't very old didn't have very much money so i let those bows kind of slip through my hands you know i'd sell them and never did collect any of them and later in life, when I had some extra money, I told the reps for around the country, I said, hey, I'm looking for a Rambo in premium, perfect condition. Yeah. And I ed- I ended up with a target bow, ended up with, a, uh, you know, just one of the factory bows, you know, the factory color, black and yeah. orange. And then I and then I ended up with one that was actually in the bag, that takedown, that was one like they would have used in the movie. Yeah. And then I, I just, just today I saw Rambo poster. It's all part of stuff that I need to build a trophy room. Uh, my house is completely packed with stuff, and I need to build a trophy room. I just haven't gone around to it. Man, the price of lumber, I can't oh, even afford to two too much right now. Oh.
1: You, yeah. I hope you ain't know? putting OSB on the sides of that sucker.
0: Hey, my kids, there's a, there's an advantage in moving the kids out, because I just keep filling the bedrooms, <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> I got, a, I got a, a video tour of the house. Was that two weeks ago when we talked? Yeah. When I was in Kansas? Yeah. And uh, he's not yeah. kidding. yeah. He's filling every single room with antlers that need to be mounted. Well, did your wife know what she was getting into when you married her?
0: You know, you know, when I married my wife, she wasn't a hunter. Um, And I got her into it. And I think her first hunt was, I believe it was Africa. I took her to Africa on her first hunt. And, uh, and I think her second hunt would have been maybe mule deer and elk. And she loved that. And then I took her back to Africa the next year. And I think we took Bo when he was five months old. Wow. That was, you know, five months old. He fit in the bassinet right in the front of the, of the airplane. And then then we were there a month and he gained so much weight that coming back, we couldn't put him in the bassinet. We had to carry him the whole trip. Oh, really? You know, oh yeah, holding overweight (laughs) five-month-old or six-month-old, you know, for 20 (laughs) hours is not, that's not cool.
1: Now your wife's, your wife's a team member too, right?
0: Yeah, she's a team roper. That's her that's her number one thing. But when it comes to bow season, if I'm off on big hunts, she's gone hunting herself. She'll go over to eastern Oregon and I believe she's killed she's probably killed twelve to fifteen bulls with a bow and oh, wow and you know, a lot of deer and stuff, and and she's into it. But what, she she fills the freezer, okay? Yeah. yeah. I go mm. I go I go looking for the big horns and she's looking to fill the freezer. So the first five point walks in, uh you know, she's usually pretty excited about shooting. Awesome.
2: It, you know, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's, that's what we love to eat.
1: Yeah. Um, I I read your poem about her horse. Uh, man, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, our-
0: yeah, I was, a <laughs> I was a mess. I was a wreck. I was sitting on an airplane. Uh, everybody's got one of those animals that you, uh, you know, yeah. that you really truly loved. And that horse, she'd been through a lot with that horse team roping for and uh, I wrote her a poem on the airplane while I was sitting there, and you know I got a mask on and I got glasses on and I'm crying while I'm writing this poem because I know it's going to touch my wife, yeah. you know. And uh, this lady that was sitting next to me thought I was a wreck.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so <laughs> I, uh, I, I explained to her. I said, "Sorry, I look like a, a mess over here," but I said I wrote my wife a poem, and, and she lost her horse. Yeah, yeah. It's cool poem though, wasn't it?
1: And a lot of a lot of people don't realize that haven't really been around horses um haven't haven't had them how attached you get to them they're there for, thir- for 30 mm-hmm. years a lot of times you know they, yeah. they they can be around for a very long time and they really become part of the family you know we've absolutely we've lost horses that yeah. were that were hard like that and i could tell that that one was one that was uh that was pretty tough it, it was a good it was a good poem
0: yeah it was i you know, it took me a long time. She had a bad day of roping this winter in Arizona one day, and I sat her down on a bale of hay and and I read the poem to her. And uh, you know, it was tough. Yeah, I can read it to her now without tearing up, but I couldn't Yeah, man.
1: well, I'll bet. You know? I'll bet it meant a lot to her for sure. I'll, I'll bet it, it did. did. Um, so she's she, she is uh, she's putting meat in the freezer while you're out running around. So you converted her.
0: Absolutely. You, you bet. And, you know, I mean, people wouldn't understand. I guess if you go to my Instagram page and look at kind of what my dining room looks like or, you know, she's my wife is super cool. I mean, she's part of yeah. it. She's helped. You know, she's got a bunch of rocks in this house. Almost all of them are in the attic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hanging up there. But like I said, this morning, I hung, a, I hung a six point bull. I took my red stag down and hung hung her six point shot last night. Right time. on. Actually, 7 by 7 it's your biggest bull. And I said, you're going to get this bull mounted. That particular spot, we've killed over 125 bulls in that in that place. Holy smokes. Jeez. And, oh, and uh, that's one of the biggest bulls we've ever killed. It's only like 315, but it's where I learned how to elk. Yeah. Out. And to me, you know, that bull means as much to me as any giant bull that's in this house.
2: Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, with the memories and everything that went into it. Absolutely. Yep.
1: That is... That is super cool. Um, So, does she, uh, is elk her favorite to hunt as well?
0: Yes. Yeah. She, 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 she loves going hunting elk, you know, and, and sometimes I'll put her in a blind on a trail where they're coming through sagebrush and it's wide open. I'll put her in there and she'll whack one that way. But she, she prefers to be sitting right at my side when I'm calling them and they're screaming, you know, that's what she loves to do. Well, how did,
1: that's awesome. How did you, um, You know, at what point did you start thinking about Super Slam?
0: Darren Collins, Randy Ulmer, and I used to share at the ATA. We'd share a room every year at the ATA. And Darren Collins was one animal away, and he shot his last animal, and he called me. It was a desert sheep. He called me, and he says, I got my sheep. I says, way to go, buddy. You know, it's just so pumped for him. And I had been in '97. I got in a pretty bad car wreck going on in, elk hunt in Arizona, and my back was back was pretty jacked up. So I figured I'd never shoot a super slam because my body wouldn't allow me to. But I figured a way, and I tucked through it. And uh, I swore I'd never hunt sheep because they're kind of addicting, you know. And I, I didn't want to get <laughs> caught in that loop. But I've been I've been bit by that bug as well. So um, you know what I'm a uh, 205 pound guy six foot one i'm not in great shape um you don't have to be in great shape to shoot, shoot a super slam i've been on sheep hunts where i got on the treadmill for a half hour and i said you know what i've had enough of this i'm going to Terry Queen, and you know i go to i let the mountains straighten me out in the elevation sure right? so you know the good thing about the super slam is you don't have to be in incredible shape to shoot a super slam just go at your own pace you know if i've got young guys like you know Evan that, or, you know that's you know a monster in front of me that could walk you know clear across the country I just put hobbles on them or a shotgun collar or something and say hey man, we, we got to slow down here a little bit so you know if I start feeling my back giving out on me or I just slow down I take some leave and try and get my back to relax and I've actually I've actually had to cancel hunts before I was pulling my socks on to go on a mountain goat hunt one time I blew my back out and yeah. I had to crawl to the bed to call the outfitter at four in the morning to tell him I wasn't coming. So, um you know, I just told Darren I saw him shoot a super slam. and I told him I said, i'm going to try it, and I, and I knew the the hard ones. If I could get them out of the way, I could get it done. Mm-hmm. And I just chipped. I just chipped away at it.
1: Yeah. So yeah. um What yeah. was the toughest one for you to get?
0: You know, there was there were a couple of them that I had to do. You know, multiple hunts right. for one of them was a, was a brown bear. At the very end, I. My last animal was the brown bear. And on my second hunt, I'll never forget, uh, Jonah Stewart and I were hunting. And we could hear, we, you know, the, the salmon, you can hear the bears running in the creek. Yeah. And, and I looked over across this big river, and we were on another kind of a fork of this river. And I looked over across this river, and I said, Jonah, look at that bear. This thing was a sloth. His his jaws, you know, his lips were hanging down. His head looked like a garbage can. Yeah. This thing was eating just enormous. I said, "Jonah, I'm going to call this thing in." And he says, "How are you going to call it in?" I said, "Watch this." And I dropped down to one knee and I stuck my hand in the river and I started moving my hand real fast like a fish. Really. And that bear raised his head and he looked at me. He was probably 150, 200 yards away. And I did it again and here he comes.
1: You're kidding me. And he
0: comes No, no, he comes halfway across the river. He gets on an island that's no bigger than him. And he's standing there and I did it again and he starts to come and I hear an airplane coming. And I look, up the, I look up the river and here comes a super cub and the super cub flew right over him at about 30 yards and ran him back to where he came from. And he never came back. Again. Oh so,
1: man. You know,
0: oh yeah, we had stuff like that happen. But I, you know, at the very last minute, uh, on the last hunt, I shot my brown bear and, uh, called my wife the next morning and it still chokes me up to this day. Cause I called her up and I told her, I said, Hey, I said, you're married to a super slammer. And she was very uh, unbelievably supportive. Yeah. I'm, I'm as ADD as they get. And, uh, I, I get sidetracked real easy. And, you know, for me to finish the super slam was a big deal for me. Yeah. You know, for me to start it and actually finish something. Hell, I could start a shed out back and I (laughs) won't (laughs) finish. It's just the way I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, um, having a brown bear coming at you when you're bow hunting, you know, I, I don't know how close your backup was right there, your guide, but.
0: Oh, he was right at my side. I, I didn't let him get any far. I actually would damn near tie a piece of twine between us. I didn't want him too far away. Yeah, because
1: you know? that, I mean, it's it's one thing to sneak up on a brown bear that doesn't know that you're there um, or is not focused on you, but one that is coming to you. And, I, and I'm, yeah. a, I'm a decoy geek. You know, I own a decoy uh-huh. company, um, sure. and uh, it's one of my favorite ways to to hunt anything, especially whitetails, for whatever reason. I just yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. love decoying whitetails. Um, but I, yeah, I've had people ask, do you guys make a, a black bear decoy? Hell no, I don't make a black bear decoy. <laughs> 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 when, it,
2: when it comes to it. I don't want you to come in, any closer to me than I want to get to yeah, when Yeah, when it comes to a brown bear. Whether
1: it's, you know, you weren't decoying him, but you were, you basically figured, oh, man, if I make sound like fish, he might come running right to me. I don't know if I want to have that happen if I've got a bow in my hand.
0: Oh, he had that. He had that so pinpointed, too, where I, you know, made that noise. He knew exactly where we were sitting. And, you know, we were three feet from where I made that noise. So he was coming. Uh, um, the unfortunate part of that that I could say. Is he would have probably crossed the river and then come down the bank, and he would have been straight on the whole way. So that would have been a little bit of an issue. I might have had to try and shoot him as, yeah. as he was walk, walking up the shore or something. And I would have made that determination at the time. But you know, for all you all you listeners that haven't hunted bear a whole bunch, it's a really good idea not to get seen by the bear when you That's... when you shoot the bear because a lot of times they'll shoot and you, they spin and then they spin into the arrow and they're growling. If they see you, they're going to probably come. Yeah. Or there's a good chance they're going to come. So, you know, if if you're not if you're not visible in any way, shape, or form, it's a way better deal. Well,
1: he, man, just a little while back, um, there was that older. It was an it was an older guy and his son that got attacked in Alaska, and uh, they were they were bear hunting, and this bear chewed this old man's face off. And there's terrible, the most gruesome video I've ever seen in my life. And it just, it was out there a couple of years ago and I I can't recall the guy's name. But I always had a healthy respect for big bears, you know, for for, for (laughs) grizzlies, brown bears. Um, But seeing that, I'm going to tell you, it put a different chill in my blood. You know what I mean? Like what that bear did to that guy. And he lived through it and was was speaking. Like, you know, it's hard to... If you guys Google it and look for it, man, with was face ripped off by a brown bear. You'll see it, but be ready to be sick, physically sick, you know, and I don't, you know, I've never, never hunted brown bears. Um, I, I aspire to do it one day, um, but it, boy, they, you've got to have a healthy respect for them. things, a really healthy respect
0: yeah i had uh i had two bears that i passed on this hunt you know 10 days ago when i was on that hunt i had two bears that i passed and both of them were like nine nine yards and 12 or 14 yards or something. Uh, and the second one got down and it got downwind of us and i said okay he's going to wind us and then he'll run off now he just stood up on his hind leg and started sniffing and then started coming and and at that point you know, it's too close. I mean, things can happen way too fast. So, you know, and for any, you know, any of the listeners that don't understand black bears can be horrible as well. I mean, you don't have to just have respect for grizzlies, polar bears, or brown bears, black bear, you get between a sow and her cub, she'll be open for business. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always a good idea if you, you know, any listeners that ever, you know, go to where there's black bears and you're not used to being around them, just, just pay attention. Yeah, Just a good idea to you know, especially when you're camping and everything, make sure you don't leave anything laying around and don't draw them in They end up with pretty good pain. Yeah. Before it's
1: all well, black bears kill more people uh, by far uh, historically than brown bears do, but that's just because they're so mm-hmm. widespread and their the population is much bigger and there's much more human interactions with black bears. However, Absolutely. brown bears have a much nastier attitude <laughs> and, <laughs> and, they also aren't just the, the difference in between the two is like the difference between a chihuahua and a rottweiler i mean it's just a different animal um, and i will never on um, they always tell you you no one can really you take for granted how fast they can move um and the first time that i saw one running full speed he was he was running right at me and a cameraman on kodiak island walter blacktail and he was probably 150 yards off the first time I saw him and when he was coming over the hill at us and I turned to tell my cameraman that hey there's a bear over here grab your stuff and I turned back around and that thing's at like 70. you know what I mean I it, it was oh so fast it was like a quarter horse fast and and the thing looked like a UPS truck I mean just oh boy. big brown and there the stride was
0: unbelievable oh. you know like a horse mm-hmm. i mean they, they cover the ground and people don't realize how fast they can move out but they do they boog yeah
2: it. yeah so that was your yeah especially for the size they are like all that all the hair truly it, it their legs are long their
0: legs
1: are as long as a horse yeah. it seems like you know
0: oh they're you know dad shot that bear the other day and if you know, on my instagram page and you look at that picture of the of dad's bear it's it's its forearms, you know, and its legs look like—I mean, they, they look like my legs, in you know, my my femurs, you know, I, or I mean, my mm. excuse me, my my upper leg, you know. So it's—they're—they're they're just just huge. Those things—they're massively powerful.
1: And it, just for you listeners to to know, his, his Instagram is Casey Brooks sixty five. Um, and that bear is monstrous. How, how how big is that bear that your dad took?
0: I I think they thought it was a nine and a half foot bear. Oh man, he nine, looks, nine and a half. He
1: looks huge. You know. He's so dark and oh, chocolate. Yeah, that's that's a pretty bear.
0: He he's a beautiful bear for sure. And dad shot him on the last evening and he's 81 years old, so <laughs> I'm thr- I'm thrilled for it. You know, I, I didn't get one, but that's okay. Yeah. I you know, I wanted my dad to get one. And,
1: yeah, that
0: and he got one, so
1: so perfect. That is pretty spectacular. A- pretty spectacular. So uh the brown bear was the toughest one for you to complete on your slam. What are some of the other ones that stick out as the most memorable characters in your uh, super slam story?
0: Um, you know, one that really sticks with me, and I get this question a lot. One that really sticks with me is the black-tailed deer. You know, I I just really? shot lots of black tails, but one black-tailed deer in particular, Sick or Columbia, gave- okay. Columbia blacktail. One of them that gave me quite a few fits. Uh, was a buck that I had uh, for two years. I had him on film, you know, for two years. I got pictures of him, trail cam pics. I had cameras everywhere. Uh, he was about 125-inch buck. For those of you that don't know what a blacktail is, that's that's pretty, a pretty, pretty respectable blacktail buck. I mean, 135 is Boone and Cromwell. Yeah. So, um, I didn't kill him the first year. Second year, um, in two years, I had two daylight photos of this deer. So, I mean, that tells you how nocturnal they yeah. are. Um, and I thought that the buck had showed up. I had about 125 inch buck show up and I thought it was him. And all my buddies were like, sorry, bud, he must be going the other way too bad. Well, I went on a grizzly hunt. When I came home from the grizzly hunt, I had a picture of the buck. He was a lot bigger. It was a different buck. And I ended up shooting him. Uh, I was on the ground when I shot him. I shot him at 10 yards and the buck grossed 150. Holy Moses. Yeah, so that buck was extremely you know, that was a really proud moment to get that deer. I had a lot of effort with
1: that deer. What, what what if you don't mind me asking, what state did you take that columbia in?
0: Oh, oh, Oregon. Oregon. Um I shot him uh, yeah, I shot him in <laughs> shot him in a place called Boring, Oregon. A little town called Boring, Oregon. <laughs> Man. Yep. Yep. Man, that's a we had five we had five, we had five acres there and uh and a house and I had uh, Cameras all over my five acres and all over and everywhere, all everywhere around there. And I, that deer couldn't move without me, you know. Knowing he was, he was there. But um, man, it was he was tough to kill. Man,
1: you know, one hundred and fifty nine inch Columbia blacktail. I don't know where that would bring Pope and Young Wise. Well, that's gross. You Kruget know, that's,
0: that's 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 gross. That's giant. You we know, netted I think one one forty three or something net, but um, monstrous. You know, I. I'm more concerned about what they grow yeah. personally that's just for me i i you know god gave it to them and let's give them credit for it that's, yep you're you're a fish you know nets are for fish yep
1: i completely understand that angle i completely you know and I'm
0: and I'm, and I'm and I'm you know I, i've shot a few bull elk in my day and i'm not above shooting a five point i mean i i'll just go and if I, i'll do the best i can for the area that i'm in and hey if i shoot a five point that's crazy but I'm, I still get excited about shooting bulls. I love it.
1: Oh yeah, them, you know? yeah, so, completely understand. So how uh, I
2: shoot is five points. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a Colorado boy. I shoot plenty of five <laughs> points. I'd be lucky if
2: I shoot a five point.
1: Um, sure. So uh, how much of a whitetail hunter are you? You know,
0: I kind of stayed away from the whitetails for quite a while. And then I started hunting them in my own home state here in Washington, and they're very difficult. Um, you know, I've shot white tails, coos deer. I've shot the black tails, Sitka black tails. I've shot mule deer. I've shot them all. And you know, you hear the people talk about which one is the smartest animal about of all of them. And you know what? I would just tell you this: any mature deer, if it's a mule deer, white tail deer, coos deer, any of them, they're all they all can be so smart. Yeah. And You know, a a 200-inch mule deer is not easy to sneak up on. 180-inch whitetail is not not easy by any means. A big coos deer, 110, you know, 105 Sitka. 105 Sitka can still be dealt with. But, uh, you know, I just uh, I I hunted the whitetails just because they weren't so accessible. I was hunting blacktails and mule deer all the time because of where I live. My biggest whitetail, I shot one last year. It was 168. I had another one that was one sixty six. Shot another one last year that was one sixty something. I never scored him. Um, but they're getting in my blood. I like, I really I understand what the hype is about on white yeah. tails. I they're a they're a smart animal. And mm-hmm. where I where I'm hunting them in Washington is public land and they get hunted. I mean they never get a break.
2: Yeah.
0: So Evan, what, what you got any, any ideas? Is there anything on that list that you're thinking of?
2: Well, you know, when I when I look at the twenty nine and you know, talking to Kurt Wells and, and listening to him in the caribou one, like that's the caribou hunt's always something I've wanted to do. But, you know, my wife and Don, yours grew up very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, where they had no exposure to hunting right out of the gate. You know, my wife's from Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we met in college and I introduced her to turkey hunting, so that's something she likes to do. But the only animal that she will physically come out and tell me, like, I want to go hunt mm-hmm. is a moose. Oh yeah. So, so the the big one that that we're looking to do is moose. Of those subspecies, which one is your favorite?
0: Well, I've killed eight shire's moose with a bow, and I think I've got one one Alaska Yukon and one Canadian. So I'd have to I'd have to say shire's moose.
2: I, I'd say that kind of does yeah, it. Yeah.
0: I, I try and go every year if I can. And you know what's funny? I love to hunt them, but I don't care to eat them. Uh, moose are just not my favorite. No. And I've got I've got mm. buddies that love to eat moose, and I bring them home, and I tell them they're a twelve hundred pound liver. Uh, oh, I said, man. I'm. You're a
1: liver. <laughs> everyone, 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 please understand. Casey Brooks is it, it, he's 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 crazy.
0: Yeah, I think because. Yeah,
1: my shiver is very, very sensitive taste. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm i just the opposite. I absolutely love moose
0: meat. Oh, you need to hit me up on the way home because I'll give you some moose meat. No problem. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I like it. You know, one of my buddies up front, he made a, a bunch of jerky out of it. I loved it that way. Um, but, it, I mean, as far as steaks, you know, we shoot as a family, we shoot four or five bulls a year, you know, between Don, Bo, and I. And, and we just got plenty of elk meat, and that's what I love to eat and uh and my cousin who spent a lot of time in alaska he loves he loves moose so i just say no problem
1: i'll bring you the moose so you prefer shiras to uh, hunting shiras to alaskan or to yukon um
0: the canadians or the alaskan yukon moose um yeah i do just because of availability i don't have to go to alaska to shoot one i don't you know look guys you got to understand um I could draw a tag anywhere and go hunt for anything without being guided, I would prefer to do it. Right. Uh, I'm I'm a pretty hard-headed guy, and I'm not – I can just – any guide that you ever hunt, hunted with after me would tell you I'm not easy to hunt. I just – I'm pretty set in my ways. I'm pretty stubborn. And, uh, I you know, if I can – this moose that's behind me, you can see that young bull up there. That was the first moose I killed with a bow. That was a Wyoming bull. And I walked about five miles in and shot it. and. And quartered it, hung it, went back in, and got it back out of there. There's a lot of, you know, I don't, I can't say that there's ever been a hike or a hunt that I've been on like that where I worked real hard. That when I got back to the truck and I dumped that last pack load in the truck, that I was upset with myself for doing it. It's always such a feeling of accomplishment. Um, And I'm no athlete. Trust me, I if I could take the easy way, if I could have drove to that moose, I would have done it. (laughs) That's that. That's not always the case.
2: Yeah. You know. Well, I'm I'm curious to hear about your Montana Bowl, mm-hmm. because that one and and where does he he sit? Did you did you have him scored for? I
0: haven't. Um,
2: Montana I haven't. the okay. moose is
0: currently in Eastern Washington. It got transported from Montana, so they've got new laws now. Um, you can't bring anything into Washington State unless the skull is complete. All flesh is completely gone on it. So, you know, this is a huge moose. Um, I didn't want to take a chance on anything, uh, so I had it beetled, you know, there in, in, uh, in Montana. So the bugger got a hold of it, got it done. The moose is, uh, I can't remember, 55 inches wide. Um, I believe it, it grosses around 190-ish. Oh, my
1: goodness gracious. So, Shire's so bull.
0: Yeah, it's a Shire's, yeah. So he's within, he's within three inches of the world record. Um, I will get that moose back. Uh, in the next week or so, and I'll take it and have it officially scored for Pope and Young. I probably won't enter it, but I always have everything scored, and I stash away the score sheets. Um, but yeah. he's he's a great bull, and I've hunted really hard for shyer moose for quite a few years to find a bull like that. They're they're very few and far between. And yeah. I'd love to I'd love to tell you that I kept my composure and everything was cool, but I actually my my first shot was a little high, and the bull went running by me. And I'm knocking another arrow. My buddy was with me, started grunting real loud, and the bull stopped behind a tree at 20 yards. And uh, I came to full draw, and I could have threaded the needle through there, but I didn't like where I was going to hit the bull. So I says, I'm going to take a chance and hope that he walks out of there. And he took off walking out of there. At 20 yards, I pounded him, and he went about, I don't know, 60, 70 yards and piled up. And I, wow. You know, the first time I saw the bull, I leaned over to my buddy and I said, That bull's 190. And that's what that goal oh, is, is right at, right at 190. That's he's a on giant. My, yeah, he's, he's on my Instagram page. If you go down to the very bottom, look, you know, folks, you got to understand, I'm not a computer guy, uh, <laughs> you know, at all. And I'm not an Instagrammer. I'm a guy that loves to go bow hunting, that can spy on his son on Instagram.
2: Yeah, but
0: He lives in Kentucky, so I don't get to see him. So I can get on there and keep an eye on him. And uh, just check things out. So that's you're
1: you're learning here. Yeah, you've got some really interesting photos on this Instagram. He's not as he's not as novice as he's letting on, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But is this is the Wyoming bull? That's not the bull on your back, is it?
0: No, that's a different one. That's another Shire. That's a 180 yeah. inch Shires. Okay. Go down, go down, go down. Clear to the bottom. There's there's one that's that's really wide.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah 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 yeah. I see it.
0: Yeah, that's a for a iris moose. Just don't, they just don't build them like that, you know. Yeah. Um, I was in a uh, Jack Frost, another super slammer, real good friend of mine. I was mm-hmm. in his house maybe four or five years ago. And Jack, you know, I was staying at Jack's and Jack smiles and he says, Casey, you're looking at that moose and probably wondering why I mounted that Alaskan Yukon moose because it's such a small Alaskan Yukon moose. And I says, well, what's the deal, Jack? And he says, that's a shiris moose. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that you know that that, that moose was I, I don't even know what the score is, probably in the 160s or you know something, but it's yeah. a it's a beauty of a chirus moose, beautiful, maybe 170, I don't know. But it's you know, chirus Moose, Roosevelt, black tailed deer, those are all kind of the things you know that live in our country here. And I don't know, it's just one of those things that I love to shoot. Well, I'm gonna arm wrestle you after
1: we get off the line to try and convince you to. To <laughs> enter that thing in Pope and Young, but yeah, we'll uh, man, that he's beautiful. His bottoms are just insane. You don't get bottoms like that on Cyrus no. very often, you
2: know. Oh, no, at all?
1: I've got oh, a fifty-inch Cyrus that um, just—you wow. know—he doesn't. His his bottoms aren't splayed out like that. You know, oh, that's,
0: that's a that's a great bull. He's got doubles in the front. I can see the yeah, picture well, yeah. of him up there. Yeah, yeah, he's got doubles in the front. That's a great bull. Yeah, he, is, he is, is that a Utah bull or where?
1: No, it's Colorado. Colorado
0: bull. yeah, yep,
1: yep. yep. Colorado oh, yeah. But But um, 100, 190-inch Cyrus is something else, man. That is, yeah. that's incredible.
0: I should have went well on my head on that, but you know I'm not going <laughs> to do
1: that. We'll find another one fun. Oh, <laughs> um, how, how long, is, is Montana a really difficult draw for Cyrus moose up there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's once in a lifetime here in Colorado. I'm done. Yeah, um, yeah. No,
0: they yeah. Shut yeah, down. I I'm not sure on the Wyoming thing. I shot that bull a long time ago. I think you have to wait five, Is it five years?
1: Yeah, something like that. Something I'm like not. That. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure. I haven't even been putting back in again. I just I've been oh. busy doing doing other things. You know when you when you when you finally pull the you know pull you know you flip the switch to go do the super slam it it, it consumes your life. I don't don't think anybody has any idea uh, until you do it. How many plane rides are involved? I mean, just going to shoot a polar bear, you wouldn't believe how many commercial flights it takes just to get up there. I mean, where I was staying in Resolute Bay to shoot my polar bear, uh, you go up there and you fly and you land and you stay in this motel, and there's a bunch of people staying in this giant motel. There were people there that were planning on walking to the North Pole from where I was at. Oh, okay wow and and i'm sitting there looking at these people thinking do you realize what a polar bear is i mean he could drag you right out of that tent you know and and they will i mean they're not used to people Mm -hmm. but you know you get up there and you get in that motel and you you stay in that motel if the weather's bad you might stay there a week before the guy before the guy pulls up up front with his dog sled and says get your stuff ready we're leaving and then you jump on the dog sled and the first twenty minutes of that hunt are amazing because you're looking at these giant icebergs and you're going out around Resolute Bay, and uh, it took five days to get around Resolute Bay to where I shot my bear. And once we got what, the bear, they, what's that? De- describe, describe that that hunt, that
1: process just a little bit because there, there, there's very few people that ever get to go and do something like that. Um, what, what's it? What's it like? What's the process like?
0: Well. the the dog sled ride, you get, you ride on a dog sled. It's not legal for me to be on a, uh, on a machine. Uh, so we dog sled ride all the way around there. And then what we did is I, you know, I woke up in the morning and I had to get some fresh air. We're, you know, three of us sleeping in a tent basically. Yeah. And I got outside and I took that breath of fresh air and, you know, instantly 30 below zero, whatever it freezes, your nostrils and everything. And, and I looked over that tent, there's a polar bear. And I said, <laughs> And, he, and he's standing there looking at an ice hole. And I walk back inside and I said, hey, Nate, I said, there's a polar bear out here. He says, OK. And about 40, you know, they take their time there. About 40 minutes later, he comes out. He goes, "Yep, yeah, that's a polar bear. And then he turned around and went back in and started cooking his toast and everything else. And I'm like, you know, you, you realize I'm here to hunt polar bears, right? So the bear finally leaves. And then he goes over and checks the track. And he says, it's about a... Eight, eight and a half foot bear. And I said, That's big enough for me. It was April 7th. was my wife's birthday. And uh we started going after him, what tracking him with the dogs, and we're tracking and tracking, and way up in the distance, all I can see is black, 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 black. And it was the polar bear's feet as he's running. Oh. And then, you know, we got up real close. And then he says, Are you ready? And I said, Well, sure, I'm ready. I got my release on, right? He says, no, he says, says, knock an arrow. I'm like, we're moving, we're doing 20 miles an hour, you know, whatever, and he says, knock an arrow. So I knocked an arrow. And this is when it all starts, reality starts kicking in. You're chasing a polar bear with a dog sled and you look down and you see the 303 British that the guy's backing you up with that he's used for a boat (laughs) paddle. It looks like a rusted up gun. Yeah. And, And he's chasing a polar bear and so, He, he pulls on the, on the lead and he unhooks the seal bone off of the, off this, you know, seal hide lead that he's got. And all these dogs are pulling against him. And he looks at me and says, okay, you ready? Ready? And then he lets go of that hide and all the dogs are free to go now. And they take off and we're still sliding. And he goes, the dogs go up and bay up the bear. And we come to, you know, we're coming in hot on this bear. And I'm like, stop, stop. I mean, I, I know what bow range is, and I know how fast a polar bear can cover it. So he throws out the anchor, which is a you know he stands on an anchor and shavings of ice fly everywhere. I get off the sled. The dog, uh, the bear is thirty eight yards, and and he's busy with the dogs. And he says, "Get closer." And I took three steps, Evan. I'm not gonna lie to you. That was close enough for me. <laughs> I'm
2: I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, thirty eight yards is probably yeah. too close yeah. for me." let me
0: let me back so up. i took i took three steps and he said shoot now shoot now shoot now i said okay i get it i mean any angle he wanted me to put one into this bear and i you know i don't want to shoot until the angle's right so i just waited till he spun around he's cornering away and i could see that opposite shoulder and i popped him through to the opposite shoulder so i wouldn't get a dog and mm-hmm. he took two steps and piled up so wow. yeah and at one point he did want to come uh, he started to come our way he looked at us and he started to come and one of the dogs nipped him in the back leg and it spun him back around and got, you know, got his attention off of us. But mm. you're, you know, what was I going to do? Hide behind the sled, sitting off the ground 10 inches, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: It, yeah. You know, there's, you know, obviously back then. And, I. And you cover that distance in four or five strides anyway, so. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think I could have outran my guide at that time. I wouldn't want to do it now, but.
2: Uh, you only have to be faster than the slowest person. That's right. <laughs> And if and if they have a broadhead in there, oh
0: yeah,
1: you win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. uh, so that was that first bear that you you came out of the tent and, and saw standing right him. over behind the tent or whatever. Um, it, was it was it a big bear? Did it just happen to yeah. be a good sized bear?
0: Yeah, it was a great bear. Um, that's him right over there. You can see him. I got him back from the. Uh, I got him back, and you know it was about the last year that you could get him imported.
2: Hey, um, yeah. Drop that camera, just a sec, Casey. I'm screenshotting. Them.
1: Well, and I, I apologize, everybody. the The poor listeners don't have video like we do to see this, but uh, Casey's got like this polar bear mount that is kind of walking uphill and a mass of antlers underneath them that I can't even tell what all's in that pile.
0: You know what that? You know what that pile's for? What is it? Um, is to keep people from keep people from getting to the polar bear and touching it <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, everybody has to go touch the polar bear i mean so i just put all those horns a time's up boy there's, <laughs> there's no getting to that polar bear i can't even get to him to dust him off or anything so oh,
1: yeah smokes
0: wow
1: um well uh so what's now that you've kind of you've done it you've been there and done that as far as the super slam goes what what's your focus now you know you guys always got to keep goals and you know you move on to the next one what what are you what are you planning on doing with yourself going forward I,
0: I, i'm just hunting things that i love to hunt okay and i don't even know why i booked a brown bear hunt i'll be honest with you mike slinkard with hex you know he's still a yeah, winner's right. choice mike had shoulder surgery <laughs> he had uh he had a bear hunt that he had he had bought and, and his shoulder, shoulder went out on him. And like all of us, you know, that have done, you know, I was running a pro shop in the eighties and pulling, you know, 80 to 125 pound bows back then, you know, my, my shoulders are shot when I'm on an airplane, they, my arms go to sleep, you know, in an hour, they go to sleep. So when that happens, you got to rely on your buddies. I bailed him on the, on the bear hunt, invited my dad to go along and we went, it was an adventure. It wasn't a great hunt, but it was an adventure and uh evan, evan shared the story so he knows what i'm talking about <laughs> I, I i'll just say it. i won't go yeah. back on that particular hunt well your
1: 81 um, year old dad ended up killing a brown bear so that, he got that it. makes it worthwhile
0: man that's it and i'm telling oh, you he, he froze i mean dad doesn't have an ounce of fat on him and you know he was cold every day and there was really not a great way to warm up and it wasn't what we expected and he bought a house in arizona and he said man casey he says that house in Arizona sure does look good right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot warmer there. Dad, It's about hundred degrees. So, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: but I, you know, I'm, I, I'm hunting the things that I want to hunt. I can't honestly say that I care for hunting bears that much. I've done it. Um, I love hunting antler game. I love hunting anything that I can call in and, you know, I'm doing some hunts. You know, I've got 26 points in Arizona and my son, we put in last year for unit 10 in Arizona and we, we didn't draw we had 38 points.
2: Oh,
1: wow.
0: uh, and I could go anywhere I want to go on my points, but I want Bo to piggyback with me. And I'd rather go that we went and shot a couple 360 bulls. Then I want to show him a good experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I want to spend time with my son, sister, my wife, my family and, and hunt the things that, that I love to hunt. You know, yeah. I, I, I'd say I've kind of, kind of earned it at this point I've, I've been around the block enough that i don't need to sleep in tents all the time on mountains and get fogged in and
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know i still love hunch i love, I love a <laughs> sheep cheap but i don't like
2: that fun experiences the rest of us are going through right now <laughs> <laughs> so your
1: your your whitetail bug that you said is you've been scratching just a little bit here recently uh-huh. uh are you still mainly chasing those at home or are you venturing out into the midwest after whitetails? Uh-huh. Every I've,
0: year. I, I've been to you know kansas and uh yeah. you know i've hunted a little bit in other places and had a great time doing it i just been staying home though uh yeah. you know it's not it's not far from here you know within six hours or something on my home i can be i can be there and if something rattles apart on the farm and i have to come home and emer- i mean it have to be an emergency to quit hunting you understand
1: yeah. that but, oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, if we have a
0: big problem then i can get back here and yeah. um I'm foolish because the whitetail hunting here isn't nearly as good as it is in a lot of other places in the country.
1: Um, well, it's funny. A lot of people don't even realize that you have them.
0: Out yeah, there anyway. yeah, we do. We yeah. do. And the and the pressure that's on them is, is pretty insane. So, you know, like I say, one mistake on a big buck uh, and, and you're out of business, you know, and hopefully he'll forget by the next year. But typically he doesn't, you know, I mean. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I I've been to the school and school of hard knocks with these, with these white tailed deer and they've, the tuition very expensive. They've yeah. taught me, a, they've taught me a lot.
1: Well, it, it, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's always nice talking to somebody that has had the experience and, and had the opportunity to get out on those far flung hunts that all of us dream about. And we can live through you just a little bit vicariously, you know? Um, sure. And I, you know, once again, I wish we had, had some video element to this podcast because of this trophy room, uh, well, it's, a, it's not a trophy room, it's a trophy house that Casey yeah, has is, yeah. is is something else. The entire time you're talking, it's hard for me to, to pay attention because there's a giant ram right over his shoulder and then a giant bull right over his other shoulder. And yeah. every, every time that I look around, there's something else that catches my eye. It's been yeah. nice having you on, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: truly truly my pleasure. Thanks guys. Uh, you know, I'm just a bow hunter. Like everybody else, I have hunted public land more than anybody could ever imagine. Imagine. And those are my kind of hunts. And, uh, you know, in the end, I'm nothing but a bow hunter, just like the rest of you. And I truly, you know, I wish everybody the most success in the world. I hope everybody has a great, great season this year and, and, uh, get after it life short. You know, we don't know what God's got planned for us and, yeah. it's a, you know, get out and enjoy it while you can. I, I just had I just had knee surgery
1: to try and ensure that you know I can go for the next ten to twenty without having any other things that are ailing me. You know what I mean? And they've done that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a meniscus deal that has torn me up for the last few years, having to go get cortisone shots right before elk season every single year. You know. And yeah. Hopefully that's that's done, but. You're an inspiration, man. Um, It's been great talking to you. We'll have you on again one of these days. So everybody, we appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you down the trail. Thank you so much.